You're listening to the Faith Unpacked Podcast. Welcome back to the Faith Unpacked Podcast with Jason and Jamie. This is episode 241, and today uh, Jason is still out. Uh, Don't worry, he will be coming back at some point and he will tell you why he's been gone. But in the meantime, uh, we've got another exciting guest for you. Uh, Good friend, good buddy of mine. Um, Ian Hilligoss is here uh, to uh, talk to us. And uh, the reason I asked him to come and share with you as we've been doing some episodes on topics related to God's design for men, God's design for women, God's design for marriage and sexuality and all these sorts of things, uh, I thought it would be a great idea uh, to bring in somebody who's, we'll say, uh, fresh, marriage fresh, in the sense of uh, having only gotten married here less than a year ago. I forget um, exactly when it was. Well, he'll tell you that and uh, get to that when we get to the episode. And uh, we, we want to encourage and support um, this institution that God created and made uh, for a beautiful purpose that ultimately shows his glorious love for the church. And so to that end, uh, Ian, welcome to the Faith and Fact podcast. Yeah, Jamie, thank you for having me. So the first thing we always do uh, with first-time guests is we invite them to talk about the most important thing in their life which is their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We believe, certainly, that all personal testimonies are miraculous. They may not all be the wild, made-for-TV ones, uh, but they certainly all are a a miracle performed by the Lord in the intervention of the human heart. And uh, so share with our listeners um, how you came to Christ. Well, starting out, uh, growing up, I spent my entire life uh, not knowing the Lord, um, not really caring about uh, church or Jesus or having any sort of thoughts about the Lord. Um, it wasn't until after high school, when I attended Centralia College, uh, the diesel program, that I would stop by Fiddler's Coffee in Centralia uh, quite frequently. And uh, there were a couple of guys working there at the time. Um, some of you may know them. One was Derek Vachon, and the other was uh, Ben Hansen. And they both, um, they would always talk to me about the Lord and how the Lord was working in their lives. And, um, you know, they just had that pleasant demeanor about them. And they they had a light about them that I couldn't understand at the time. And I thought, wow, that is really something special that, you know, I desire to have that that light that they have. And, um, but it was easy for me to dismiss all of that and, and focus on, uh, the cares of this world, working hard, getting ahead, stuff that worldly people in the world care about. Um, and I, I struggled with that for about three years, maybe, maybe about three and a half years, uh, from the time I was in the Centralia College Diesel program until after graduating, um, it was right when I bought my house in, in 2016 that I kind of hit a almost a rock bottom, if you will, um, where I was starting to 
quote, get ahead in life um, by the means of, you know, buying a home at a young age, uh, progressing at a job, and it just didn't bring forth any joy. I, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any of that joy that a Christian has when they are walking with the Lord. And so around that time, it was around September 2016, my my neighbor came over and invited me to go to church. And I, I finally said, you know what, I'll, <laughs> I'll go. And um, I went up there to the uh, New Beginnings Community Church in Salcom on Fuller Road. And uh, I went there about three Sundays. The first one I was speculative. The second time going, I was judgmental. And then the third time, I decided I need to, uh, I need to accept the Lord. So I did. That's awesome. Aren't you, aren't you so glad the graciousness of the Holy Spirit to just keep drawing you, even though you're being a punk in this yes. particular case? And yes, yet, I was. And yet he doesn't give up. Um, and, you know, just the, the graciousness of God you see on display over and over, obviously all throughout God's word, but in our lives as well, that he just literally keeps patiently being faithful to call us to himself, even when, yeah, we, we do everything we can uh, to, to go the other way in so many different contexts. Uh, that's really cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Um, so let's talk about, um, well, let, let's actually go back. Let's um, rewind the tape, go back to pre-marriage. And as if that's a face or singleness and start with, um, how did, how did you prepare yourself for marriage? Um, I'm thinking more specifically, where did you start? You know, you recognize, Hey, I want to be a husband someday. I want to be a father someday. Um, where do I start and how do I start preparing myself for that? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, before my my wife came into my life, I did have several girlfriends that were in my life, and our our relationships we we didn't have God in the center of our focus, and um that that doesn't well in my case that didn't last very long. Um, it was like a the the Lord was closing those doors, and there was nothing I could do to stop it, and. Because of those uh, failed relationships, really, um, it allowed me to take a step back and think, what does the Bible ask me as a man? What does the Bible say I need to be doing and pursuing um, to have a godly marriage, to, to, to have a firm foundation in Jesus so that a godly woman would feel comfortable getting to know me? So those are a few things that I that I had to really assess on my own part before I could even think about getting in a relationship. I had to I had to settle that with God and prepare my heart to be a godly husband. That and that took work. For sure. Yeah, definitely would. Especially if you 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 know coming from a background where you had no real familiarity with God's word or probably hadn't read it a whole lot up to that point. Um so, so how did you how did you begin pursuing that? Um, you know, what does the Bible teach? Uh, what what does it say about what it is to be a husband? What does that look like? Um, how how did you get started there? So talk talk to the guy who's sitting there going, oh, okay, I accepted Christ. 
but I don't really even know how to engage uh, with my Bible at all. Yeah. So the the first thing that I started doing is um, the pastor of my church, um, he he asked me to go to a men's uh, Bible study on Thursday nights. And um, I, I decided that would be a great idea to do it. So I started attending. But then I also felt like I needed to have one-on-one time with more spiritually mature men in my life, like the elders at the church. And that way I could ask the harder questions that I didn't feel comfortable asking in, in a public setting or with anyone else around. And, and I think that preparing myself for being a godly man was being honest with the elders and the pastor at my church about questions that I have, uh, issues that I feel like I'm going through. And having those questions answered by men who were grounded in the faith that were able to point me in the direction of the Lord to better my own walk. Yeah, that's really good. That, that's great advice. Uh, you know, the well, I guess the way the, the book of Proverbs uh, puts that is, you know, to, to seek out the counsel of the wise, right? Go, right? go to those who have been walking with the Lord a little longer. And, and I think, too, on, on top of that, um, when, when you're looking, and I think this principle is true, really, in general, in all parts of life, if, if there's somewhere I want to go, um, you know, in character or in understanding of God's word or, you know, any of these kinds of things, I look for the guy that I see exhibiting them uh, and I go, I go talk to them. Right. So, uh, so that was, yeah, really wise, um, wise way to go at it for sure see those guys that, okay, here's here's some men who are seeking after the Lord, who are dedicated to spending time in his word, in prayer, seeking the Holy Spirit. I'll go right. I'll go ask for their advice. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. I want to ask about, um, given that, you know, I, I know this isn't exclusive to just non-Christians. I know these issues happen in uh, Christian homes as well. But I want to, I want to, you know, talk about um, or ask about brokenness as it relates to, you know, past trauma and all these sorts of things, because we we recognize half of this equation is okay, understanding what God's word says, right? The other half is actually dealing with the brokenness in us, because uh, I I certainly believe, and I I think is um, definitely true. While we are all sinners by nature that we are bent towards rebellion against God in our, you know, fleshly sense. We also, you know, we have the desire. Like, I think every guy wants to be a good husband, right? Every guy wants to serve and love and care and protect and all these sorts of things. But the the biggest issue in that a lot of times is the, the brokenness we have in us, you know, spiritually, emotionally, uh, physiologically or psychologically, however you want to, you know, whatever language you want to put around that. Uh, so how, how did you address those kinds of things in your life? Just go, okay, where where's the immaturity in me and how do I address that? Boy, that's a really multifaceted answer. Um, you know, like I said before, it just being being very honest with other men and 
doing my best to apply what I read in scripture in areas that I feel or I felt like I was um, maybe lacking in. Um, and like Psalms and Proverbs was a great place for me to go in that, you know, specifically uh, Psalm 119 verses 9 through 16, all about how a, a young man goes about cleansing his way by taking heed to the word of God. So give us um, give us a couple practical uh, examples of taking um, God's truth in his word and applying it to a particular situation or issue. Um, sure. Actually, one of the one of the things that I've uh, focused on most of my walk with the Lord is First uh, Timothy three uh, verses one through seven. All the the qualifications of an elder, and I don't think that that's exclusive to just elders. I think every man should be looking at that list and check that should be like a mirror to him as how am I doing in all of these sections that Paul is speaking to Timothy about, about what a, an elder would be looking like. It's it that you can do that every single day. Um, let's see here. And then probably one of the greatest chapters in all the Bible is Romans chapter eight. I find myself going back there all the time. Uh, specifically verse 28, we all know this one, but, and we know that all things work together for good for them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. I've, that's been a, a, a daily verse for me for a very long time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. That, that's great, um, helpful, practical, and, and I would even say fully in line with biblical intent. Um, th- things to do specifically, you know, I was thinking of you mentioned First uh, Timothy chapter three and the the elder requirements. Um, I, I want to reinforce your point that this isn't just about elders and it isn't just intended for elders, because uh, Paul says, you know, towards the end of the chapter uh, in verse fourteen, he says, "I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before too long, but in the case that I'm delayed." I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. It's you notice he doesn't say this is how the elders are to behave. Of course, he does say that, you know, further up in in the the text there. Um but then underscores the point like, hey, church, the rest of you don't just gloss over this by saying, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not going to be an elder. Right. Or um, for our female friends, they go, well, you know, eldership is a is a male uh, calling um, per per the design of the Lord. Uh, and yet uh, this still fully equally applies to them as well. Right. These are all characteristics and act, attributes of godly character. Um, more so than you know specific gender application uh so yeah that's that's great way to uh i i appreciate uh you flushing that out in even application in, in terms of personal life um i i do think you know so many people they they don't consider any preparation they just think well you know i'll go into marriage and then i'll just figure it out once i'm there and to a degree and and we'll get to this a little later there there is a, a 
a lot of truth to that, right? No matter how prepared you are, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And, and you got to learn, you know, you got to learn some stuff once you get there. But at the same time, it does, it does help to not drag or go into marriage with a lot of, you know, previous issues. And specifically, I, I want to talk about one more thing. Uh, we live in a culture that is absolutely uh, obsessed uh, with sexuality and sexual sin. And of course, pornography uh, rules of the day. And there's just so much of that. In fact, we know from all, all the best research that probably somewhere around 69% of men in the church, we could classify as sexually addicted in some way. Um, mm-hmm. Primarily, the majority, it's pornography, but there, there's other things obviously at play. And so often uh, people, uh, especially single guys, have this attitude that, well, I may struggle with these things as a single guy, but once I'm married, it'll just fix all that. And so I won't worry about it. And I want to know, um, how did you approach that particular topic uh, in your singleness going, OK, I want to be a good husband and I obviously don't want to you know, shoot my marriage in the foot before I even yeah. get into it. Um, so how did you address that in your own personal life uh, to prepare yourself for marriage? Well, first and foremost, um, I forget where it's at exactly in uh, Corinthians, but it's Paul explaining that that you know your body is the temple of the First uh, Corinthians six. So for yeah, First Corinthians six, um, yeah, verse nineteen. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and that is not your own. And I looked at that verse uh, before um, I got into a relationship because sin doesn't belong there, right? And and I know that uh, as our society spirals in a sinful downward condition, um, it's important to remember that if you are if you're continually engaging in those, uh, like if you have an addiction to pornography or whatever. Uh, you're kind of sharing that temple of, of your body with something that's not pure. And you just can't walk into a relationship expecting that to go away once you, once you get married. It, that's a, a false idea. So for me, before I got into uh, the relationship with my wife, I had to really sit and focus, okay, how is the, the spiritual condition of, of myself as it relates to the Holy Spirit living within me? And I think that that was a good gauge uh, for me to move forward with and to not be and to not be engaging in the other things that the world is engaged in. Right. Like uh, social media is uh, a plague for everyone. As a matter of fact, I think that. People who are non-Christians can look at Christians who are on social media and think, I know that he is seeing the same things that I'm seeing, so what difference does it make? Why should I be a Christian? Right? And so I think that there's a there's a huge issue there that we as believers in Jesus should uh, purpose ourselves to to really think about what we are laying our eyes on. 
because whatever we see, that image gets brought in right through our eyes, and is that's now in this temple, which is your body, of uh, the Holy Spirit. We need to really watch what we see and what we take in. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, and, and actually, if you ever share the gospel with a Muslim, um, this is something they bring up uh, because they associate American culture specifically uh, with Christianity. And so they say, well, why should we why should we listen to a Christian or listen to Christianity when it's so incredibly immoral? Um, and, you know, Islam for its many faults and failings, uh, one thing they actually do prioritize is uh, morality and uh, particularly, you know, purity to an extent. Now, of course, don't misunderstand, listener out there, don't listen, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It, it's not a biblical morality. We're, we're talking about a completely different standard and, and certainly um, many parts of it, we would say, are uh, tacitly unbiblical, uh, primarily the, the treatment of women um, specifically, but uh, but there are aspects there. And, and to, to further that point, it just, uh, it does come up uh, literally like, why should I be a Christian if, you know, this is what the church looks like or uh, Christian culture looks like? And certainly uh, we do have that um, fault, definitely, that uh, the, the church, uh, the Protestant church today is is largely very corrupted and um, unbiblical in so many different respects. But I won't go on that tangent uh, right now. Um, yeah, that that's really good, man. I, I um, really appreciate that you're able to, you know, recognize these things and just go, okay, I, I see the pitfall here, right? The, the world is telling me one yeah. thing. Uh, God's word tells me another thing. And, and so I want to make sure I'm, I'm aligned up on the wrong or the right team uh, in terms of that. Uh, that's, that's really cool. Well, and I, also to, to add to what you were saying about Americans and Christianity, there is this propensity of, you know, American people, and even here in Lewis County especially, where, you know, they look around and they say, hey, you know, we, we, uh, we drive jacked up pickup trucks and, you know, we say a prayer every once in a while. We're, hey, we're saved, you know, and it's, it's that, it's that false understanding of not being committed to Jesus Christ fully. And, and I, I can see where, uh, people from other countries would say, man, the American public in general is, is kind of whacked for that reason. So. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in, in the process of, okay, you're, you're seeking to grow closer to the Lord. You're seeking to, um, grow in, in your own personal character, apply God's word to your life, you know, seek to, to live, um, in line with God's good design, uh, for sexuality and all these kinds of things. Um, how, how do you, how, how did you find yourself, um, determining uh, when it was time to be in a relationship and um, more specifically who to be in a relationship with? How, how did you answer those two questions? Uh, so the, the first one being, how did I know when I was ready? Um, I knew that I was ready because I was perfectly okay and content being single and waiting for what the Lord had. Because I knew 
based on my track record, that my picker was totally wrong and did not work. So I knew if I just got content with being, just having myself in the Lord, that he would open that opportunity up if it was his will and his time. And I think that that's the key part, is just fully surrendering that part of your life, right? Especially, you know, peoples who are in their late 20s and 30s, and they, they start thinking, oh, I'm going to run out of time or whatever. And that that's kind of a, a false dilemma that they create in their mind. But just truly getting to the point where you're happy with just being yourself in the Lord, and that's when uh, my wife walked into my life. It was at that point. That's awesome. And and along with that, um, what what were you looking for that helped you determine? Oh yeah, this is a, a woman uh, that you know the Lord has for me, or um, the the I see these characteristics in her that certainly you know make me want to pursue her in, in that sort of sense. Um, you know, there's there's many thoughts about that that are running through my head, and I'm just trying to put words to it. But one of them is, with my wife particularly, being that she walked with the Lord her entire life, it was very clear to see her relationship with the Holy Spirit. And and that, just like, you know, my brothers, uh, Ben Hansen and uh, Derek Vachon that I talked about earlier, y- you can just tell when someone has a, a genuine relationship with the Lord. And... It, it was just abundantly evident to me, and um, one of the things that, that stuck out to me is when we actually had our first problem within our relationship, and how easy, I should say, how easily entreated it was to walk through that difficult problem that, that had popped up. To be honest with you, I don't even remember what it was, but things are easy to deal with in a relationship when things are easy. But it's when you run into speed bumps and how those are dealt with that really show where you're at in a relationship. And, you know, difficult things have come up uh, for her and I as time has gone on. And each time there's not been there, there's not been conflict or, or tension or anything like that. It, it's all taken up to the Lord and he settles that in both of our hearts. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, man, I appreciate uh, you coming and sharing with us. We hope uh, for our listeners' sake that there's been some good, practical, uh, helpful uh, wisdom here. Um, definitely want to encourage you. All of this, everything that Ian is talking about, uh, obviously begins with a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus and recognizing that God not only wants to be in relationship with you, wants to redeem you out of sin and brokenness, and wants to restore you um, into his good and glorious plan uh, as men or as women, as uh, people made in the image of God, uh, we recognize that God has our very best at heart, which ultimately is good for us and leads to God's glory. So the more Uh, We pursue him through his word, through the counsel of the godly, the wise uh, that God has put into your life. Uh, You'll be able to more and more live out uh, God's good design. So, uh, Ian, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for having me.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Faith Unpacked podcast. We're so thankful for your time. We hope and pray that these encourage your faith and walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can find them on our website at faithunpacked.com. We'd also invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting site. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on social media, or you can send us an email at faithunpacked at gmail.com. And we invite you back next time as we continue to unpack our faith together.